Hello, and welcome to Season 12 of the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be back with you all. We want to thank all of our listeners for giving our staff a two-month break to enjoy their summers and plan some fun new things for this season of the podcast. We received so many emails over our break about what you wanted to hear this season, and we loved your ideas. We, of course, are keeping all the things you loved about the show, the interviews, the sewing tips, the product reviews, the organization ideas, and we're also adding a bunch of new segments, including what's trending on Instagram, which you'll hear today, so thrifty to share tips for saving money while sewing, and quilting mistakes we made to help everyone learn from what we did wrong. So let's kick off season 12 with a bang. And it's one of my favorite topics, cleaning your workspace. July is a great month to talk about this topic. I feel like in January, everyone gets so excited to organize and declutter and clean and buy storage products. And now it's six months later. And if you're like me, your sewing room could use a little refresher. Now, quilting is a messy hobby. Quilters need a lot of fabric and tools to make the beautiful creations that we do. But there are a few reasons why having a clear workspace can benefit your sewing life. So let's quickly touch on the whys. One. Having a cluttered space can slow down progress on your projects. You may have a hard time finding the right supplies, having the adequate space to cut or sew without kind of pushing things out of the way, or even need to spend time clearing your space of a project before you can start on a new one. And let's be honest, we all want more time sewing. So a clear space can get you right to the fun part. Number two, it may cost you money or fabric. If your space is too cluttered, you may misplace your favorite sewing supplies or even some small sewn pieces for a project. And if you do, you may have to buy new tools to replace the missing ones or sew extra pieces to a project. I know there have been a few times where I've sworn I've already cut the pieces for a project but can't find some of them because they've gotten mixed up with another pile of fabrics on my cutting table. And then months later, I have finally found the pieces but have already had to recut everything and wasted the fabric. And number three, it can block your creativity. So think of your workspace as a blank canvas. When it's clean, the possibilities are endless, but when it's full of in-progress projects, maybe a stack of quilting books, and yesterday's mug of tea, it's hard to see the canvas with a fresh eye. So today, we're sharing a few easy ways to clear your space so you can be as creative and productive as possible. Each workspace is so personal and every person has different needs. So take the tips you need and ignore the ones that may not apply. Let's talk about room setup first. Generally, your workspaces, your ironing board, your cutting table, your sewing table, should have your most used supplies close at hand. So for example, if you're standing at your cutting table, you should be able to easily reach your rulers and cutters. 
If you find that your workstations are cluttered with a lot of tchotchkes or personal items that may be pretty to display, but not hardworking, consider moving some of those to shelves or bookcases for a display. Remember that the primary focus of your workstations should be function over display. So when you can, just make some adjustments to keep your favorite tools close at hand and clear the spaces of those less used or display items. One easy way to free up space on your workstations is to add a pegboard or even some floating shelves on the walls next to your workstations. This allows you to place supplies out of the way, but still close at hand so that your tables are free for your projects. But you also don't need to buy fancy items or install things on the wall either. Things like mason jars can hold cutting or marking tools. Magazine or file holders can contain rulers, fusibles, bottle of starches, or other skinny items. And command hooks applied to the sides of tables can store rulers and really any tool with a hole for hanging close by. If you're sticking items into drawers, consider buying or even sewing little shallow bins or drawer dividers to keep things corralled even as they slide around in the drawer when you open and close it. Another thing that may be taking up room on your workspace is fabrics and pieces from works in progress or even recent finishes. This is one of my biggest problems. So many times I'm working on maybe two or three projects at a time. So I have piles of fabric <laughs> on the floor, sometimes for my projects. I've cut pieces and fabrics sitting all over my cutting table. And then I have sewn units and finished blocks sitting on my sewing table. And it's very chaotic for me. So one idea I've been considering is to have a plastic storage container for each work in progress I'm working on. That way I can store all my fabrics, the patterns, the finished blocks together and out of the way until I'm actively working on them. And storage containers are usually stackable so I can pile up a few and keep them maybe under my cutting table for easy access. I know many people do this for their UFOs too, so it's a good system. I've also been considering adding a hanging shoe organizer in my sewing room closet. Um, not one of the over-the-door systems, the one that has all the small cubby compartments, um, and maybe using that to store my works in progress. One of my coworkers uses that system and she loves it. Now, if you're a scrap saver, it's also a good idea to have a system in place for dealing with those fabrics so they don't pile up or get lost amongst the shuffle in your room. I like to throw all my scraps in a bin, and then once a month, I go through and cut things as needed and organize them into my scrap storage system. But maybe it works better for you to deal with your scraps at the end of each project or even each day. And lastly, I just want to talk about how handy it is to have a catch-all in your sewing space. There are just periods when you don't have the patience or even the time to put things back where they belong or organize them. So consider having a catch-all in your space, um, like a small bin or a container that you can just throw everything into until you're ready to deal with it. It's similar to how you maybe have a catch-all by your home's entrance to throw keys, mail, and other small items to organize later. 
So you'll always remember where these items are, they just might not be where they belong. So a catch-all can be really helpful to keep your workspaces clean without taking the time to pick up constantly. We're so excited to share all these tips because this week's Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is to clean your workspace. For those who don't know, our Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is something we started last summer when we were all quarantining as a way to brighten our homes and our sewing spaces. And it was so successful, so we're bringing it back again this year. So this challenge lasts for 10 weeks this summer, July 5th through September 12th, so it's just starting today. And each week, we'll issue a challenge on this podcast and our social media pages. Just one small step you can take throughout the week to make your space more beautiful and functional. If you participate, you can use the hashtag SweetQuiltyHome on Instagram, and you can also visit our show notes for a link to the Sweet Quilty Home page on our website, where we'll list details of each week's challenge and a lot of helpful content, videos, and patterns to get you started. And all of our podcast episodes during these 10 weeks will coordinate with the week's challenge, so keep listening in. We're going to take a quick ad break, but hang tight. When we come back, we're going to hear from Jody on what she's seeing trending on Instagram, and we're sharing some of our listeners' best sewing tips. Welcome back. I'm now handing the mic over to Jody Sanders, the editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, for Now Trending on Instagram, a segment where we share the techniques, project, or people we see trending on social media. Thanks, Lindsay. Now, if you're like me, you love to look at Instagram and see different kinds of quilts and get inspiration for colors and techniques. And one of the trends that I'm seeing right now is circles, curves, and arcs. They're everywhere. Now, maybe it's the recent addition of three double wedding ring quilts that I have added to my vintage quilt collection that has me seeing spheres and round designs everywhere. The double wedding ring was the first quilt pattern that I tried to make in 1989 when I started quilting. Now, I say tried to make instead of made because it's still an unfinished object in a box in my basement. Someday, the mauve and dusty blue prints will be retro, and then maybe I'll finish it. Anyway, back to the circles that I'm currently seeing everywhere. It's a little surprising to me, given the fact that curves are not easy to sew, and many people shy away from them because of the potential of distorting and puckering seams. But you know, necessity is also the mother of invention, and let's talk about the myriad ways to construct a quilt using curved shapes. First of all, I'm seeing die cutting systems such as AccuQuilt have dies that include notches to align the concave and convex curves of pieces. Matching up the notches and pinning pieces together helps to lessen the amount of tugging or pushing fabrics through the sewing machine that can cause distortion. I've also noticed that there's acrylic template sets out there that are including the grain line printed on them that ensure fabrics are aligned and cut correctly. Maybe you like foundation piecing, and you know with foundation piecing you can ease, use either paper or muslin and that can help stabilize the bias edges. 
Typically, paper is then removed after the block is pieced, while muslin normally stays in as part of a permanent layer in the quilt. If you prefer piecing by hand, English paper piecing patterns are really plentiful right now. In this technique, it's perfect for using fussy cutting fabrics to get interesting kaleidoscope-like designs. And while hand stitching can take longer, the portability allows you to take it with you. And so during those moments when you're waiting for an appointment or traveling and not able to be at your sewing machine. Let's talk about applique. Needle turn and raw edge are also popular techniques for sewing circles, although for very different reasons. Needle turn typically is slower, hand stitched uh, as a way to hand stitch your circles, while raw edge is usually done by sewing machine and is usually selected as a faster alternative. And finally, there are people out there sewing freeform arcs, cutting and sewing pieces together in a fashion that throws conventional sewing rules completely to the side. So, whether you're making New York Beauties, Drunkard's Path, Dresden Plate, or my longtime favorite double wedding ring, have fun discovering your favorite way to incorporate circles, curves, and arcs in your quilts. Thanks so much, Jody. Now it's time for Reader Tips, a segment where we share your best quilting advice. This is one of my favorite segments because every time I get your tips emailed to me, my mind is blown and I wonder why I didn't think of it myself. You all are geniuses. <laughs> so this first tip comes from Mary Lynn Armeo from Almond, Wisconsin. She says, in a beginning quilting class, one of the best tips I got was to use paper plates to keep fabrics separate for cutting. Before I start, I put each fabric color on a plate along with a sticky note label that specifies what will be cut out. Then I stack the plates in the order the directions say to cut the fabrics. Once I've made the cuts for one plate's fabric, I put the cut pieces back on the plate and move that plate to the bottom of the stack. When I'm done cutting all the fabrics, I can lay out the plates and pick up whatever pieces I need to start sewing my blocks. If I'm interrupted in the middle of cutting or sewing, the plates mean everything stays organized. I simply stack them up and secure them with a large rubber band. A great tip, Marilyn. Uh, this is the tip I need for all my works in progress and getting my, uh, my fabrics mixed up in my cutting table, so this is the tip I need. <laughs> this next tip is from Donna Barnett of Rio Rancho, New Mexico. She says, If I'm machine quilting and have to remove the quilt to replace the bobbin thread, I use a safety pin to attach a scrap of bright fabric where I left off so I can quickly find my place. This is a great tip, Donna, that happens to me often where I can't figure out where I stopped. Um, this also could apply to if you're stopping for the night and you just want to be able to start right away and know where you started quilting. Okay, Mary Colpack of Antigua, Wisconsin says, The upper corners of wall hangings sometimes sag forward when they are hung. To remedy this, I add a fabric square 
folded diagonally into a triangle to each corner of the top back before I put on the binding. Sew along the edges, leaving the diagonal fold open so you can slide your dowel under the corners. It holds nice and straight. Thanks, Mary. This is um, how I hang my small wall hangings too, but if you have never heard of this method, we will link to it in the show notes. We have a little video to show you because it truly can change the way you're hanging your quilts. It's so easy to do. Okay, Sandy Wagner of Cedar Hill, Missouri says, When I sewed over seams that faced the machine, many of them turned and I ended up sewing them in the direction opposite of what I intended. I made a bridge of transparent tape from the edge of my sewing machine to the feed dogs and it solved the problem. The tape is smooth and slippery and the seams slide right along without bending backwards. I'm going to have to try this, Sandy. I have a problem with my seams twisting sometimes when I'm sewing too, so I'm curious about your technique. Mary Serafini of Grainville, Illinois says, One of my favorite ways to use up leftover batting is to cut scraps into 9 by 13 inch rectangles and attach them to my dust mop. I then use the mop to clean tile and hardwood floors of threads, dust, and pet hair quickly and easily. Don't throw it away until you turn it over and use the clean side. Yes, I love reusing things and finding new ways to use sewing supplies in my house. Kathy Bauman of Ridgefield, Washington says, I use vacuum seal storage bags to sort, manage, and store my fabric stash. I fill the bags with fabric sorted by color or project. When a bag is packed, I vacuum the air out, compressing the fabrics inside to a smaller, more manageable size. The compressed bags stack easily, providing more storage space and are clear so I can quickly see what is inside. They also protect the fabrics from dust, mildew, dirt, and insects. Wow, Kathy, I feel like if I uh, put my fabrics in a vacuum seal storage, there would barely be anything, so you must have a really big fabric stash. <laughs> and our last tip comes from Patricia Miller of Lancaster, New York, who says, When I'm working on a quilt, I use pinking shares to cut swatches of the fabrics I've chosen. I safety pin the swatches to a key ring and keep it in my purse. This way, I can easily check a fabric I'm considering buying to see if it's a good match for the in-progress project. It's easy to add on or take off fabrics as quilts are begun or completed. And of course, I love this idea. There's so many times where I'm shopping for uh, usually like backing fabric or binding fabric that I want to match the quilt. And uh, it's nice to have just those fabrics handy so you can match things as you're in the store. So if you'd like to email us a tip for a feature on the podcast or in our magazines, send it to us at apqtips at meredith.com. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're answering a listener question and sharing some details about a few fun and free sew-alongs that we're hosting. Welcome back. It's time for Ask Us Anything, a segment where we answer your most pressing quilting questions. This question comes from Harriet Allen. She asks, 
I have a small collection of vintage fabrics that I've bought at flea markets over the years. I'd love to put them to use in a quilt. What tips do you have for working with vintage fabrics? Well, thanks for your question, Harriet. How exciting that you're ready to put those vintage fabrics to use. So we reached out to our designer friend, Anne Hermes, who's known for making quilts from vintage fabrics, and she had some great tips to share with all of us. So she says, one, wash your fabrics before you use them. This will remove dirt and any loose dyes. Many old dyes will bleed. Tip two, check for stains and work around them. It's sometimes easier to see stains from the back of the fabric. Tip three, check the soundness of fabric by tugging sharply with and across the grain. Black dyes are especially susceptible to degradation. So sometimes antique fabrics look fine, but a little stress shows the fabric's weakness. It's better to find out now rather than after the quilt is finished. Tip four, use spray starch when pressing to add some stiffness to the fabric before cutting. And the last tip, scrappy designs and smaller quilts like table toppers lend themselves well to working with small pieces of antique fabrics. So we hope these tips help you, Harriet. If you have your own question to ask us on the podcast, email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. We'll list the email in our show notes for easy access. We love hearing from you all, so give us all your questions. I'm now handing the mic over to Beth Peterson, who's sharing some details about some of the free and fun sew-along she's running. Take it away, Beth. Hi, I'm Beth, and I work in the marketing department for American Patchwork and Quilting. I wanted to invite you to join in two fun and free quilting challenges we have going right now. First, we have our 2021 Block of the Month. Every month, we release the free block pattern and also a video with tips on sewing the block. We've heard from our Facebook group that these are really helpful, both for newer quilters and people that have been quilting a long time. You never know what new tip or sewing technique you might learn. So we're on block five of this free block of the month, but there's still plenty of time to catch up. The great thing about starting a little late is that you can see all the other participants' blocks before you start. So you can see it in different colorways and see the variations people have already sewn. Another thing that's so fun about seeing all the other blocks completed is you can really see how fabric placement can change the entire look of the block. It's been so fun to see how just changing the placement of one fabric can really make it look unique. Join our Facebook group to check these out at facebook.com groups slash APQBOM. What I personally love about our block of the month is that it's a great way to build skills and try new techniques. Since you only have to make one block a month, there's plenty of time to really take your time and get it sewn really well. And if you decide the block is not for you, well, you only have to make it once. The block being released on July 15th uses templates, so it's a great chance to practice this technique if you haven't tried it yet. Since you don't have to cut very many of them, it's a perfect way to test templates without a big commitment. Find all our previous patterns, videos, and color options at allpeoplequilt.com slash BOM2021. And if you're ready for another sewing challenge, you can participate in Stitching Together. The project for July and August is a flying geese table runner. 
You can find the free pattern and a how-to video at allpeoplequilt.com slash stitching together. Once you've made your project, you can upload a photo or share it on Instagram for your chance to win a quilting prize package worth more than $400. It's full of goodies, including fabric, books, cutting mat, rotary cutter, accessory case, adhesives, and more. This table runner is a great summer sewing project because it's made up entirely of large flying geese units, so it goes together quickly. There's even an AccuQuilt die that works perfectly with this project if you have a fabric die cutting machine, so that makes it even easier. I really like this table runner pattern because it's perfect to customize for any season or occasion you might need. I made one patriotic and one with fall colors. So you can see both of these color options on our website too. It's also a great project to practice quilting on because it's a little smaller, so it's perfect for either your domestic machine or your long arm. Watch for our upcoming projects. So in September, we're launching this really cute organizer. And then in November, we've got a quick and easy quilt, perfect for holiday gifting. Here are both those websites again. So for block of the month, visit allpeoplequilt.com slash BOM 2021. And for stitching together, visit allpeoplequilt.com slash stitching together for all those details. I hope you'll join us this summer to stitch up some fun. And that's our show for today. Before we leave, we wanted to share a review of the podcast we got recently that we just love. So this review is from Colorado Quilt Woman. She said, I just started listening to this podcast and I love it. I usually listen when I'm driving or quilting or organizing. I have been quilting for 45 years and I find that listening gets me motivated to head downstairs to my studio. P.S. I have every single issue of American Patchwork and Quilting from the premiere issue up to now. Wow, that's just so amazing, and we're so honored that you're listening and enjoy the show. If this review is yours, we'd love for you to send us an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com, which is listed in our show notes, so that we can send you a little gift. And if you love this show, please leave a review. We may feature yours on an upcoming episode. Thanks, and everyone have a great week.